What's going on, quitters? It's another episode of Don't Quit Your Day Job. You know me. I'm your host, comedian Max Allen. Today is April 16th, 2023. It's a beautiful day in Brooklyn, New York. Everything is blooming. Everything smells nice for once. Hey. And today, guys, we have a very special guest. You may have seen him at comedy clubs all over the city telling jokes about murdering his parents and shit like that. Uh, give it up right now for Mac O'Hara. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that. That's a fantastic intro. Thanks for uh, coming on the show. Appreciate yeah, it. Thanks for having me. You're one of the uh, you're one of the few kind of one liner comics I know. I don't know if you're like I would say you're it's like it's like totally one liners, right. but you you pull off the uh, the dark edgy joke thing and yeah. actually do it well. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that. I um, yeah. I mean, it's something that I've kind of it's interesting. I've steered more away from the one liners into stories, but the fact that it's kind of one-liners combined. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like like when we first start writing, it kind of they're they're just singular jokes. Then you kind of learn how to accumulate them into longer pieces. Yeah. So if you break up my bits, it's still one-liners mm -hmm. and it's still dark, but someone's not gonna look at my set and be like, oh, he's doing a bunch of one-liners. Right. It's a bunch of one-liners glued together with extra sentences. Yes. Into a story. <laughs> right. Awesome. Well, uh let me ask you this. What do you come from a family that's into comedy, that's into stand-up? Uh, in a way. I mean, they're not as crazy about it as we are. Mm -hmm. I think when, when I was younger, my dad would show me like Carlin and a bunch of those guys and Robin Williams. And that was kind of the extent of it. Mm -hmm. But I do think that it was kind of when when I was younger, when I was seven or eight and he was showing me those guys, I was just excited that people were cursing on stage. I was like, that's <laughs> awesome. You know, I want to do that. Yeah. And uh and then that kinda came back a little later. But when did you when did you start getting into stand up comedy independently of what your dad had shown you? Uh probably through high school. Mm -hmm. I mean it kinda got it had a resurgence a little yeah. bit with Melania and those guys. So once the Netflix specials started coming out, I would watch them. But just as much as I was watching other stuff on mm -hmm. Netflix, it wasn't like, oh, my God, I'm going to watch all this comedy now. Right, it right, was right. very much, all right, I'm going to watch this. I'm going to watch The Office and Breaking Bad. And yeah, yeah. Hang out with my <laughs> friends. Yeah. Who were, who were your early favorites? Well, early on, I liked Jesselnik. Um, yeah, I get that vibe yeah, a lot. <laughs> but it's weird. It's like, man, I don't know if you feel this way, but... When I when I first started open mics, I was doing a lot of storytelling and there weren't a lot of punches. Mm -hmm. So then I kind of swiveled to one-liners just to like get a punch out there. Oh, really? Because that's the only way I knew how to do it. Mm. And then we also had the Zoom comedy at the time when I was starting because I started in 2019. So like right yeah. after we had the pandemic. So then Zoom comedy, you really needed one-liners. Yeah, weren't, yeah, yeah. There weren't a lot of people killing with stories, mm -hmm. you know? And uh, that kind of forced me into one-liners. Then once I got on stage again and started doing shows and less of open mics, and I realized that it's very hard to get the laughs per minute you need mm -hmm. doing one-liners. Because yeah. it's like, you need six laughs a minute, right? Mm -hmm. So if you need six laughs a minute, that's a joke every 10 seconds. But the laughs are probably three or four seconds. So you need six-second jokes. Yeah. It's hard to get a one-liner, like six-second one-liners every time. Like, yeah. that's very difficult, <laughs> yeah. you know? So I almost kind of out of necessity, I was like, all right, 
I need to move away from this Jesselnik style. And I watch more Bill Burr and Nate Bregazzi and stuff like that. Wow. So the people I watch kind of have been who I who I'm looking at, like, all right, this is the direction I need my mm. comedy to take right now. I think it's really interting, like starting kind of storytelling because that's kind of where we all kind of loosely right. start. And being like, I need more laughs, going to one-liners, and then being like, I need more, more laughs, yeah. and then going the right. other way. <laughs> it is interesting, but you got to teach yourself how to write. Yeah, I, dude, I've, I'm, a, I'm a, I struggle with the punchline still, but I feel like I'm just telling jokes like narratively, and right. that's where the funny is, is when I get emotionally worked up about something. But man, maybe I should do a one-liner arc. Maybe I should, <laughs> maybe I should go into the darkness <laughs> yeah, for a little you bit, should. just for like, like a couple months. You yeah, know, yeah. like what I did, I remember again during the pandemic, we just had so much free time. Mm-hmm. And it's like I took the entire transcript of Jesselnik's thoughts and prayers and I just deconstructed it. Wow. Like I just took it into setup, punchline, looking at the premises, then adding tags and how yeah. to do that. And then looking at the attitudes that he had, an attitude shift. Mm-hmm. I even went as far as like creating these formulas that he used for each joke yeah. structure. And, um, Obviously, there's no there's no like specific formula for each you know, for everyone, but it is interesting just to deconstruct a one line. How do jokes work? And then we can like yeah. tell stories. Stories yeah. are fun, but I'm not going to talk about my friend dying if I can't make it funny. Yeah. you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to just kill the vibe in here. Yeah, like there has to be something funny about it, and there is. Yeah, usually, I think with uh, Anthony Jesselnik. He the first time you watch him, it's like, wow, this is really great. This is really funny. I love all these twists. And after a while, it kind of becomes like, you know, that everything ends with a twist of some house so that kind of takes away from it. Yes. In my opinion. Well, I think so, too. And I think that I mean, Jesselnik's mastered it. But I see so many of these comics coming out of open mics with these really dark one liners. And there's such a ceiling. Yeah. And then they realize they're like, all right, I'm probably 200 shows in. And I can't kill any harder. Like, this mm-hmm. is it, you know? Yeah, yeah. So I think we we develop out of necessity. We evolve because, yeah. like, we, there's no way to get to the level we need to be just with one-liners. Yeah. I mean, I had uh, Alex Taubin on in the last six months, I think. And he mm-hmm. basically spent, uh, like, eight months, like, reprogramming from being a one-liner comic to being a more narrative comic, like, in the same way. Because he kind of got that same point as well. Yeah, I don't even know when it started. I think it was just kind of like I got to the point of my writing where all of a sudden I realized I could talk about things I actually cared about and make mm-hmm. it funny. And I'm like, all right, well, I have that joke about my coach being a pedophile, but right now it's a one-liner. Like, how can I develop that into an actual thing that happened? Because there mm-hmm. was truth to that, right? right. So it's like okay, how can I show how I actually feel about this rather than be like, God, you fuck kids, you know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> how do I change that? Yeah. Yeah, it's like like always um, coming up with like the one premise or like you always like randomly think of the one funny line yeah. and you're like, okay, do I like build up in the front or do I build up after? Like, right. where do I have to expand this? Because if I just do the have the funny line and there's not no meat on it, it feels empty sometimes. You it know? does, and it's like you have to learn. You're at once you get to a certain point, jokes have to have emotion and actual yep. feeling behind it. And I even think Jesselnik. I mean, no one else can do it, but it's like he has emotion behind it. Where it's just like this kind of I don't know 
frustration with the world and wanting to trick them. And just yeah, be yeah. Like, this is what you get. And yeah. I've been that way. I said that at Broadway the other day. It's like, you get upset when they just laugh at the one-liners. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like, I, I, I did. It was the 11 o'clock show, and they were just laughing at sex jokes. Mm-hmm. And I was like, and then, I, then I did a real joke, right? Mm-hmm. Which is like, good. Yeah, yeah. That I actually worked on and care about and actually have emotion behind. And is it just like, you know? And then they didn't laugh at it. And I told her, I'm like, I'm glad you guys laughed at other stuff, but I hate your sense of humor. Yep. <laughs> like, and then I'm like, you can't just laugh at the sex jokes. Then I did the wrestling pedophile joke to close out the set. And I said, see, and I just got off. <laughs> I was so upset. Oh my God. Like, you mean done. you mean the crowd at 11 p.m. at a club in Midtown yeah. only like sex jokes? Well, I think I think what it is is it's just a bunch of people that thought they were going to see Pete Davidson, mm. and they're all these tourists, and they're just like upset. They're like, all right, well, we'll laugh at sex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's just frustrating. <laughs> Jeez, <laughs> I I was in Midtown last night for someone's show, and just every time I'm there, I am so mad just walking on the sidewalk. <laughs> it's truly, I feel like that area is like the reason that people outside New York is like, oh yeah, New York's a shithole. It's because they only come to Times Square. <laughs> yeah. Well, I went to school there. Oh, really? Yeah, I went to school. I don't know where Beacon is now, but it was like right, my stop was 42nd Street, Times Square. Rough. Like with that guy, <laughs> do you remember, were you here when the guy tried to blow up those, he blow up Times Square? <laughs> I he is like the worst suicide bomber. He no. literally, he didn't even kill himself. Do you know how much of a failure? How do you even go, how do you go home after that? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah Like, yeah. how do you, like, what did you do today? Oh, I, I got some breakfast, and then I went to Times Square, and I tried to blow people up, <laughs> and then I was like, well, I'm hungry now. Like, yeah. what do you do <laughs> with your day? You got to go home um, and, like, pay bills again. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, like, do you shop before that? Like, no, you probably don't have a lot of groceries in your house. Yeah. I'm thinking, you were planning. <laughs> I'm being around. <laughs> You're not going to, like, well, I'm going to waste food no you yeah you clean the fridge <laughs> out it's like before you go on a long vacation you got to make sure all the stuff's yeah. out that's probably how he felt yeah no but plan he, B. he sucked and it was like i had to i was on the train behind his that he tried to blow up mm-hmm. and um now there were swat cars and i had to like go around the swat cars to go to school I'm when like, was this my junior senior year was this like 2020 like, or 2021 no i was in college i'm not that uh, it was like 2018 or 2017. Oh, okay. I got here in 2019, so oh, I wasn't up to date Yeah, you, you got here the year I graduated. I oh, okay. Gotcha, gotcha. Nice. Yeah. And the year I started. I started like a couple months before I graduated. Okay. Yeah. So you started early 2019 then for comedy? Yes. What, uh, I'm sorry, The when you said <laughs> that guy tried to blow up Times Square, I just watched The Amazing Spider-Man 2 like, oh, this week. So I was thinking about the guy who gets shocked by the electric eels and becomes shock, <laughs> shockwave. I didn't see that one. I think in the Spider-Mans I've seen, I saw the first three. Yeah. The one with Tobey Maguire. Then I saw the first Andrew Garfield. Yeah. Then I saw the first Tom Holland and the last one. Okay. All the Tom Holland ones are great. I like the Andrew Garfield ones. but. I do too. I think they're all good. The, they're all the only good one in their is, own way. I, Tobey Maguire's third one wasn't great, but it's like he was in a black Spider-Man suit. Very cool. It doesn't need to be good. Yeah. You know? Like, <laughs> that's why we saw it. Dude. No one was like, I want good boot house. I was hosting the Tiny Cover at 830 on Thursday, and this audience was so weird. Like, they're really great, really stoked, very encouraging. Yeah. 
and laughing at everything, but they were all their rhythms were different. Like everyone was on a different page. And I there's I told the joke between comics, right? And it was like a riff, and there's this couple there, and they like look at each other and laughing at it. Oh, that's like, fun. I go, oh, you guys like you understand? Like, have you been through what I was going through? Because you guys are a couple, or whatever. It was about the riff, and they the guy goes like, nah. She was just saying you look like Tobey Maguire. <laughs> I was like, well, I'm glad you're having fun. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. But yeah, uh, yeah. So guy blowing up Times Square. Yeah. That's some Spider Man shit. I don't well, know. Well, it wasn't. He didn't blow. He walked. You know the tunnel in between. Like there's what there's like the two three side. Yeah. And then there's the other side with the seven. I don't know. Okay. There's a big okay. long tunnel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, it it uh, he walked through that and he tried to blow it up and his thing exploded. Yeah. But he just it wasn't good enough. Damn. I also love there's a there's a pretty steep ramp in that tunnel and it says not wheelchair accessible <laughs> which I think is so funny <laughs> because like if I was in a wheelchair I would go down a steep ramp like what's the worst that's going to happen you know yeah like I'm not going to get paralyzed that already happened <laughs> oh my god so, <laughs> you can cut that out but I'm serious like, <laughs> like you're going obviously mm-hmm. my legs are already broken like I'm going down the ramp I don't know. You ever see the, you see the guy that does the big skate ramps in the wheelchair? You ever see those videos? Yeah, he's that killing guy, it. That's crazy. There's like I feel like being just like locked into that chair. There's no room for course correction. Like you go off the ramp and there's no like I'm gonna catch myself a certain way. It's just like you hit however you hit. I imagine crazy. it feels like like for us. I imagine they feel like they have way more control than we would feel doing it. Probably because they like know how it works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I imagine they're pretty good actually. <laughs> I think it's just us that would yeah. suck, but I, I can't do it on a skateboard. So yeah, or in real true. life, yeah, like flipping. I can't do it. I can do it in here. I can process the motions. And be like, I can probably. Do I can if my head's on the ground. I can do the like the front head spring and stuff, and hand spring. But it, I can't do the <laughs> straight. I, that's too much. Did you? Um, are you from New York? Yeah, but I lived in L.A. and D.C. for a bit. Okay, so I've moved around. How long, like, and you went to college in New York City? I went to college in D.C. for a year, and then I moved back. Okay. I dropped out. So what, uh, (laughs) (laughs) so your senior year of college, you start doing stand-up comedy? No, my senior year of high school. Senior year of high school. I'm 22. You're 22? Yeah. Dude, what the fuck is going on? I'm sorry. Wait, so did you, wait, did you, you graduated from high school in 2019? Uh What is going on? (laughs) This is insane, dude. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> I've known you since you were like 19. Yeah, you can imagine. Jeez, I had no idea. I wow. Awesome. Everyone, it's weird. I was thinking about this because I feel very different from how I started. Everyone in the community has kind of seen me grow up. Like yeah. over, you know, I was 18. I couldn't drink yet. <laughs> and now, now I'm like doing clubs and crap. And yeah. it's like everyone's kind of seen me. Get old. I also think that's why I don't get spots sometimes because the booker's like, dude, I knew you when you were 18. Like, I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not booking you. And I'm like, that's fair. I fully thought you were in college. Like when, when I met you in Lee's writing workshop and yeah, Zoom, I thought you were in college. I well, was like, I was at that time. Okay. When we did her writing workshop, it was my second year of college. Second year. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That was 21, 20. Okay, cool. Later, yeah. All right, that all checks out. <laughs> cool. You're, you're feeling better? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what? Uh, how do you start your senior year of high school? How do you start comedy? Like, what, what was the, what set it in motion that well, you like, started? Well, like, so I wrestled, and I was the captain of the wrestling team for a bit, and then I tore my hip 
junior year. And then I kept wrestling for a little. Then I was like, all right, senior year, I'm going to sit out. And I couldn't, I'm not that kind of person. Like I, I'm very, it's not healthy. Like it's time, but I'm like controlling and very competitive. And like, I mm-hmm. need to do something. I can't, can't sit on a couch and watch people right. be successful. Like that's right. not going to work. I like, like if we're all working towards it, and someone gets a shot, I'm going to like support them and I mm. want everyone to succeed. But I'm not going to just lie there. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. I can't. So, you say it like that's a bad thing. It's a great thing. But, <laughs> no, it is. The people who can just lie and like binge watch a show, I'm so envious of those people. They can just lie down and like not do anything with their lives and just enjoy it. Like I couldn't. Sometimes I, c- I feel like that. Sometimes I'm like, it would be nice if I had just one magical day where I didn't have any podcast editing I no know. recordings no worrying about stand up nothing just a dead space day you i know? i went to puerto rico a couple months ago and after three days i was like all right i'm ready to go home now like yeah. i can go home <laughs> it's nice speeches are cool i need to do comedy and edit and yeah. write and see my friends <laughs> and, like i couldn't i can't so i so i tore my hip then i'm like all right let me start stand up i don't know why i wanted to like like the it never, I, I, one day I think I just thought of a funny premise, which I think is pretty similar to a Tom Segura premise now that I like know comedy, but it was mm-hmm. basically the idea that like, um, do you think dogs when they're lost, look up at all these missing dog posters and are like, wow, no, they didn't tell me I was famous <laughs> like this <laughs> yeah, whole time, yeah, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, so I thought of that. I'm like, well, let me record myself saying it. And then it just kind of spiraled into that. Mm. Um, but I wrote for like, six months before I ever did a mic. Like, right, I was terrified. Yeah. And That's fair. Then I decided to wrestle my senior year because I'm an addict. And, uh, <laughs> but I couldn't not, you know, and it really hurt. I had surgery the summer after. But, so I did it my senior year and then obviously I was on crutches so I wasn't going to really do it. Yeah. And then I, um, I went off to college. I tried the DC open mic scene. The DC show scene is great. Their mic scene sucks. I don't know. <laughs> everyone Every- says the DC scene is great. It is if you're like, like when I go back there now, yeah, everyone's yeah. so nice and they welcome me with open arms. But an 18 year old kid running around DC without a car, not going to work. I will say, I think every local mic scene is just like that. Everywhere that's not. New York City, they're like, oh, great place to do shows, bad place to figure it out and start. <laughs> yeah, and so because you can't get the reps in, you should really be doing like twelve bikes yeah. a week when you're starting. I think I've cooled off a lot, where I'm like, oh, I only need to do a couple mics a week, and I'll feel really good about my material. Yeah, because you, you do regular spots though. So yeah, well, I, I try. I do like eight shows a week, so it's not yeah, as much you don't as need I would mics. hit. I hate bikes. And oh my god. Even when I'm not getting booked regularly, I think I do like I do like two or three shows a month, which is like chiller indie shows, whatever. But just doing like one or two mics a week at this point feels good. It feels yeah. like I can work on something and be excited to do it. But when you start, I tell everyone just like just do as many as possible. And then you don't you don't just stop doing them. You'll kind of feel when you figure it out more, you'll like gauge how much you actually need to yeah. Suffer because you realize that it's like, oh, this is hurting me. Yeah, like what? This sucks. What was your first open mic you went to? I did an open mic at Eastville, and a lot of people hosted it. Mm-hmm. And there was one other dude who's actually he's good, but I forget his name. He's not really in the scene anymore, but like I don't know. He was a, I enjoyed his comedy for a mm-hmm. while before the pandy, and a lot of people. Her mother in law just died. Mm-hmm. So she hadn't had a mic for like a month. 
So oh, wow. no one knew the mic was happening. So it's just us three. <laughs> and no, it was us three and one other person, audience member. And I was an audience member too. I just wanted to like watch because I had read this book and the book was like, just go and see what it's like. What, what, what book? Maastricht Stand Up, okay. which is a great book. And I think it's really helpful. It's not, I mean, it just teaches you to get the reps in. That's pretty right. much, and it gives you the basics. It's not going to solve bombing. But, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so then the guy, so Lana hosted, the other person went up, the guy went up and, uh, or was like, hey, do you mind if I try? Because I'm an audience member, but like, and Lana was like, great, come on up, do it, whatever. And then he bombed. Mm -hmm. He was reading his Tinder messages, and there were three of them, which is never good. <laughs> uh, <laughs> dating but, is hard. Dating <laughs> is hard. Uh, it's fun, but hard. But uh, then I was like, well, if he can just say he wants to come, I'll do it. Mm -hmm. And I had already written material for the past seven months. And uh, I go up, and uh, it was fun. I read off my phone. I don't have the recording. I recently listened to the recording of my second mic ever, which I couldn't get through. Whoa. That, but. Oh, my God. I, I think uh, I don't know if I could watch my first mic. I have the video recording. Video. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I also have, uh, I did open mic. I did one like comedy set my freshman year of college, literally like seven years before I actually started right. comedy. And I did it and I told a story about how my dog died and I got some like really good laughs. So it was at like a dorm hall open yeah. mic thing. And my buddy recorded it and then he found his old phone he recorded it on and sent it to me. And I was like, <gasps> whoa, <laughs> ancient stand-up set. That's crazy. <laughs> you know what's worse than your first open mic? All the recordings I did of myself just saying the jokes in my apartment. Oh, you I did ever... that? Yeah. Because wow. I was like, I got to get it perfect. And it's like, oh. now you realize... I mean, I'm I'm kind of at a point with when I go on stage. I I have a set list, but not really. Right. Like usually, my <laughs> set list is just the new joke I want to work on, and I'm like, yep. All right, I'll figure everything else out. Yep. And it's like it's cool because when you go up the first time, you're loose mm -hmm. and you don't really have a set thing you're talking about. Most people. Yeah. And then like you're like, all right, well, I need to get it word for word. So then you start to get it word for word. Then it sounds like a monologue. Yes. And you sound crazy. The monologue is the worst. And you that's what I hate the most about new comics. Yeah. Yep. I'm just reciting and I'm like, you don't even know where you are right now. You could be in the middle of a Yep. Yeah. You know, wherever. I forest. say this all the time. My one of my favorite painful new comic things is when they're doing the monologue, but then it gets a laugh, but they don't know how to act. So they just keep monologuing. <laughs> or or something interrupts them. They handle the heckler, good or not. Then they go back to the beginning of the sentence. Dude, what? Just yeah. <laughs> like it isn't. Yeah. I mean, if you can make it sound natural, but you're not. You're saying yep. it the exact same way <laughs> yeah. you said it the first time. Yeah. So I, uh, but it's starting to be like, literally, I'm just almost, I'm saying the lines, but it is spontaneous. Yeah. I don't know if that makes sense yeah. where it's like, I'm saying the pieces, the pieces are pretty much the same, but I'm saying them in a spontaneous order and way. And I'm very much in the room yes. and the set kind of constructs itself as I'm going. I'm like, oh, well, yep. they like this. Let's move this in. And then let's do the new bit now and let's flow through or let's, and I have so many crowd work moments that now crowd work that I do is literally stuff I've said a million times before. Really? Damn. And it's like, so, cause people are so repetitive. Yep. They're all the same yep. people, especially if you do the same clubs. It's like, 
oh, the German tourist who hates women. Okay, like I'll talk. <laughs> I yeah, have a yeah. joke for that. You yeah. know what I mean? I told that joke a million times before, mm-hmm. and um, that's such a cool feeling. Dude, we are actually at a very similar place with yeah. comedy right now. Oh, it sure. sounds like, <laughs> yeah, because I'm doing thing. I'm doing sets right now where I go up and I do a riff or two, get yeah. warmed up. I do five minutes of crowd work or something. (laughs) And then my set list is literally just like the one or two jokes at the end that I really want to try. And I'll just like do do a bunch of crowd work relating to them, play with the audience. I'm like, okay, and I'll do the joke. Okay. They reacted funny. I'll talk to them. (laughs) I don't know. It's great. You know what I've been doing? I have this this call that joke. Mm -hmm. And it is like, it's, it's probably a 40 second bit up top and a, 20 to 30 second bit to close. Mm. So I do it around the beginning of my set. Then when I get the light, hit the callback. Yeah. Then it looks all, you know, perfectly closed. <laughs> they all know, you know, you just hit the callback and then you're like, oh yeah, it was all planned. That's really smart. Yeah. I should I should write one of those. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, uh, that's been fun. And then, no, seriously, man, I did a show in Jersey. I was doing the bullet spot and the host just did no crowd work. Rough. And I was like, all right, there were there were five people here. Yeah. And I just did crowd work the whole I had a twelve minute set. Yeah. Crowd to. work the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> it was so fun. I got hit on. That was nice. fun. I uh I rejected them. That was more fun. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> um but it was funny. It's uh, those those slots, like once you kind of feel out that crowd work and like get it right. It's so easy to warm up the crowd, right? So easy. If anything is going wrong, you can just crowd work them and then just it'll be right again. You know? I don't know. Yeah. No, it really is. And it's like, they're going to say something stupid. They definitely will. <laughs> you know what I mean? You just wait. Dude. You just wait. And then you get it. You're like, Chat! that's it. That's the next three minutes right yeah. there. Old person likes cocaine. I mean, yeah. that's it. Someone did. She liked cocaine, and then I found, then she shared she was a school bus driver. I'm like, you're giving everything to me. I don't need to do any material. Dude, I had a couple this week that I was like, oh, how long have you guys been together? Like, older, and they're like, oh, like two years. And the the wife goes, oh, we, but we were f- good friends for 10 years before that. I was actually friends with his wife and her mother. <laughs> and he's in the crowd like, oh. Yeah. Like, he's making the, she's just outing him and just spilling the tea, and he's just head in his hands, and everyone is dying. And That's I'm like, great. I don't, I'm not even doing anything, but we're all having fun. So I'm doing my job. You're <laughs> doing your job. It's, your job's the last per minute. You don't have to say anything important. No, nah, it's not your job. I feel sometimes I'm like, I'll get like down about my jokes. But I haven't thought of anything that I want to talk about in a while. And then I'll do a set where I just do a bunch of crowd work or do some silly riffs and it works and everyone yeah. has fun. I'm like, Okay, well, I'm still good at my job, I guess. So it's <laughs> in this city, you only need 10 minutes of six laughs a minute. That's all you need. Ten minutes of six laughs a minute. Yeah, you that's, need sixty jokes. That's like a that is a lot in my opinion. Sixty jokes. Yeah, <laughs> or fifty. You can do five. But like, yeah, you need that. And then you do crowd work for five minutes. That's a fifteen minute set. You're not getting more than that at a club. Yeah. All right. That's, that's it. That's like true. that's your set. I had a a woman. She was on Facetime during my set the other day. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. But hey, kind of nice. She was filming me. She wasn't talking <laughs> to the guy. Yeah, there's yeah. a girl and a guy. Um, and the uh, but I was annoyed. Yeah, a little. Yeah. So I took the phone, and I just did my whole set to the dude. 
that she was face stomach. I was just talking the whole time to the guy, just walking back and forth on the stage. It was amazing. I bet the crowd loved that. Oh, it was so fun. And <laughs> it was like the guy, and then I had him take off his shirt and show the audience because he was like the you know D one football player, mm-hmm. bear tattoo on the tit, like very, <laughs> like one of those vibes. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. likes frat parties too much. Yeah, probably wants to sleep with his mom. <laughs> 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 You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like that kind of. That's killer, dude. I I watched a guy answer his phone on speaker the other day in the tiny cupboard, and he was doing one of these, like talking to it. And I'm like, <laughs> he was front row. He was like on the Yo. wings in the front. I was like, what are you doing? I, I had a dude. He he was on his phone, but his head was on the table. So and he's I, like he's like face down. No, on the side. I think like this. Oh my god! And I'm like, I can't tell if you're like. On the phone, but tried to be asleep, which is bad. <laughs> or if you're pretending to be on your phone, mm-hmm. but you are asleep. Like, I, yeah, yeah. what are you trying to be and what are you? You you're, know, you're at a comedy club. <laughs> like, put the phone down. Yeah. Uh, front row, also. It's very weird. I had another set. I had like seven people videotaping me. I'm like, can you guys chill? Mm-hmm. Like, after the first one, you can yell at them, but the next six, I only have a couple jokes for it, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I, I just would uh, be like, what is going on? <laughs> I know. I was sort of what I just gave up. I was like, like, if you're going to do this, can you at least tag me? <laughs> I did. That, that was the first one I used. Yeah, yeah. The second one I used, I just got off the stage and stared at the camera. I just walked to the camera and stared Whoa. at it. And I was annoyed. You're losing your mind in there, huh? I screamed at a kid the other day. <laughs> He started heckling me. I said, you look like you roofie yourself to make you feel loved. (laughs) (laughs) And I told him to shut the fuck up. And then I got off the stage. I really, the more shows you do, the more you don't care. That's what I love. But you're you're like, like most of your shows are club shows, right? Yeah, most are important. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Most are important. (laughs) Yeah. uh, But once you don't care, you you do so much better. Oh, yeah. That's why I hate auditions. It's like, ugh, so much pressure, you yeah. know? And I just want to be able to mess around. Yeah. I started when I had my... Did you ever do me and David Dobbin show, Two Virgins? No. Oh. I think it was on a day that I had, like, a regular spot. Jeez. But uh, <laughs> that show, garbage bar show. And really? We, we just... All we did was learn crowd work, basically. And we would just, you know, do our best, fun. have fun with it, whatever. And then after doing that show for a year, I realized that... I was like, it clicked in my head where I was like, oh, every single show out there that you can possibly imagine, except for special tapings, is some other comedian's practice room, right? Yes. Whoever is hosting that show, whoever is producing that show is just doing that spot every week or every month. And they're just phoning it in like they might be have their they might be like really trying to give their best. But to them, it's like a low pressure, like. I this is yeah. my space. I think so. what really you're you're hitting on something important, which is that none of it matters. Right. Yeah. Nothing that we do. <laughs> yep. You can just mess around. It's like a sandbox. Like the whole world, mm-hmm. comedy, just life. It's all whatever. And that's what I really enjoy about it too. Yeah. Is like, I feel like when I started comedy, I don't know if you experienced this. It feels like there's high pressure. There's high pressure, yeah. and it feels like there's tangible steps. Right. You're like. Okay, I need to go to open mics. Okay, I need to figure out five minutes. Okay, I'm doing open mics. I need to do this many times per week. Okay, now I, how do I get on a show? Like, I need to do a show or I need to get on a show. And then you create these things in your mind. You go, oh, but these shows are better than those. Or I need to get these types of spots here. 
And then after a while, you realize, like, oh, no, whatever I get is cool. Like, as long as I'm doing it and having fun getting better. Yeah, know? but Max, I think we also come from a point of privilege where it's like, we're good enough <laughs> that we're not doing mics. Yeah. So it's like, like you could, you could get booked on a club show. I could. I, you could I, probably yeah. text, like, four or five bookers that own clubs. Be like, hey, can I have a spot tonight? I have 10 people. Honestly, I have never done a proper like club show because I used to be really like, and I have authority issues. And for a while, I was like, I'm not doing fucking clubs. I'm just going to do indie shows, just have fun, relax. And now that I'm like deeper in comedy, I'm like, it'd be nice to do a club spot like once a week. And <laughs> it is. And I, so I just do like, I've been doing the tiny cupboard a lot. And I love Matt Naming. I love the tiny cupboard. It's great. And it's chill. And I'm like, I could. If I just like set my mind to this, I could just do another club. Like, I don't know. You could. I should. I mean, you should. Yeah. <laughs> where I, Where are you getting up the most? Are you? Uh, I mean, I'm at Broadway a ridiculous amount. Yeah. Um, but in addition to Broadway, mm -hmm. I do, I do do a lot of indie stuff. Um, just because like I need a place to work out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'll, I'll work out stuff at Broadway, but they don't give me fifteen minutes. They give me maybe ten, and it's like you just can't work out a bit. You can work out like two minute chunks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like you can't just sit there with a four minute thing. Yeah. And uh, sometimes you need that. Um, but also, I think sometimes the limitations good. So they're good at bad. Mm -hmm. And then I also, I mean, I'm passed for guest spots and checks at Stand Up New York. Okay. Um, which is a great club. Yeah. And then I started to do some spots at Gotham. Nice. Um, cool. And yeah, just kind of. Do you live in Manhattan? I do. Where? The Upper West Side. Oh, whoa. Yeah. Damn. You trekked down here today. <laughs> well, no, I was actually looking at apartments today here. <laughs> so. <laughs> You're I, trying uh, to escape. You're like, I'm sick of all this convenience to all these clubs I'm regular at. <laughs> yeah. It's really uh, 20 minutes from Broadway, but Broadway's great. They give me so much time now. Nice. And it's just like the crowds are always so big mm -hmm. and there's always something crazy. I mean, Going on. Do you ever have to do? Do you ever do the bringer show spots? Like I know you, yes. you, you don't have to do a bringer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, I do the right? checks on the bringers. Oh, okay. Sometimes, and those are. I mean, again, none of it matters. Right. But they they are they suck. But I have gotten, I've gotten better at doing well on bad spots. I think mm. that's what doing all these reps shows me is like, I know how to pull an audience that's been looking at fifteen new comics now. <laughs> like I can do that now. Yeah. Whereas yeah, yeah. like I mean, I'm not gonna kill, but they're gonna have a good time. Right. You know? For being that late in like that show. Yeah. yeah I like or a check spot, those those teach you the most. That's something bar shows are great, but they don't teach you how to handle a check spot. Because it's <laughs> like you you can't yell at someone paying their check. <laughs> you know, like they're paying the club. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's you can't yell. But you also need to get their attention. Mm -hmm. And they're not good at math, right? Because their education system is bad. So <laughs> it's taken them a long time. Yeah, And yeah. they're pulling the calculator out. And I'm like, it's 20%. You just... <laughs> it's... Well, yeah. you're also like, I feel like during the check spot, I don't know how true this is. It's not like everyone is signing their check at the same time. It's kind of... It depends on where, how urgent we got to go. If there's a headliner that's really good and he doesn't, and the show's tight, it might be five minutes, 200 people. <laughs> and it's like, I'm sure it's as hectic for the servers yeah, yeah, yeah. as it is for me. 
But I think the trick is, you're right. They're not all going to be paying at the same time. Mm-hmm. They might all have the checks at the same time, but they're not all paying at the same time. Right. Because we're not robots. Right. And so what you do, that's when my one-liner stuff comes in here. Mm. Which is like, I like more stories. I like longer form now. But I've also accumulated 10 minutes of one-liners. Yeah, so it's like, perfect. I can just one-liner, 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 one. All right, they're done with their checks. Go to the story, go to the, you know, the setup for the callback, right. do one bit, hit the callback, and we leave. Right. And I mean, the, the one-liners are perfect because you only need their attention for, for 10 seconds. seconds. Yeah. Something right. like that. It's just like they can tune in, tune out, and still be enjoying it. You're not yeah. like lost in some big abstract bit. Yeah. Lose the tags. We don't need them. They're not that good anyway. Probably, in my case. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the tag works once. You're like, it's in the set. No, it yeah. isn't. That tags you, it's not in the set. It's bad. <laughs> uh, I feel like whenever I write tags, they're always just like big laugh from punchline, and then it's just a stair step Dude, back down I to zero. Suck at writing tags. It's tough. And then it's like my best tags are just stuff I riffed, mm. and now they're tags. Yep. I've been writing walking now. Mm. Tell me about that. I mean, it's like I'll have a. I do a combination. What what Carlin did was he would have like bits and then he'd write them and then he'd throw them in like a folder. Mm -hmm. And then once he got like an accumulation of punches, he would have like, all right, this is a bit now. And then what Seinfeld does is he writes two hours a day. And what Perbigula does is he walks and talks and comes up with the set that way. So my current, I always change it. I couldn't write. Really, I tried writing an hour a day, and it was never good. Right. I it always felt too formatted. Right, 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 right. Um, which is fine when you're doing one-liners, but once you work into like actual stories and stuff, it's a little weird. Once it's time to be a person on once, stage, once, yeah, to, <laughs> to be like interesting a little. Um, so I kind of have been like, all right, well, I have these ideas. I'm going to walk and voice memo and come up with the ideas and write the bit. Then I'll go home. I'll write it down. And then I'll do it on like a set. And then maybe I'll do the mathy stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, I, you know, like the musical crap with the syllables and all that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Not, it's, it's actually helpful, but you know, and then you do that. Like the other day I did a bit and I was like, man, it's, it's 25 seconds. So that's like two and a half laps a minute, right? So that's not good. And then, so it's like, all right, that's when I wrote it down. It's like, all right, how many syllables is this? How much what? of a punchline do you need? That's crazy. I've never heard of that. Yeah. <laughs> so you're, you're analyzing literally syllables and timing for the joke. So everything fits in a neat, like, 10-second well, block. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, it doesn't need to be 10 seconds. But if it's been it's 20 seconds, it needs a couple good tags mm-hmm. to make up for lost time. But I also have realized, because what happened was I was planning for five-minute sets. Right. So for a five-minute set, if you're trying to hit five or six laps a minute, you're having five or six laps at each minute. Yeah. But if you do a 10-minute set, you're doing six laps a minute. By the seventh minute, the audience looks exhausted. Mm -hmm. It's just like they're so tired. They just Mm -hmm. ran a sprint. So then I looked at a bunch of people. I looked at like Sam Morrill and Aaron Berg and Taylor Tomlinson and I, I tried to look at a variety of different kinds of comics, which I think they are. Um, and then 
I arced out. I did like a graph of where their laughs per minute were over their first 10 minutes. Wow. And I was like, all right, well, for the first two minutes, it's like six or seven laughs a minute. By their third minute, they're at two. Up to five, they're doing two laughs a minute. Mm -hmm. Which means say, now it's okay to not have jokes in 10 minute blocks. Mm -hmm. Now you need jokes in, you know, maybe a 20 second joke, but then boom, boom. And then it's, by 30 seconds, you've had three laughs, but the first 20 seconds, you haven't had a laugh. You know what I mean? This is this is fascinating. You're the first person I've had in this podcast to really break it down and be this analytical I'm about sorry. it. No, it's great. It's I, it's very interesting. But you also, like, that's the thing. You need that, but then you also need going for a walk and figuring out the story. You right, just need right. the combination. For me, it doesn't work to just sit down and, like, write the whole thing out at first. But then once you get on stage, you do it a couple times, you need to, to make sure it's, like, where you want it. Wow. That's the the analytics there is that's crazy to think about. I've never looked at any of my jokes and been like, here's how many laughs per minute it is. Oh really? All it is when I'm on stage, all I do is like when I'm talking and they're not laughing, it's just like a swelling anxiety feeling. And then I end up riffing some type of punchline or adding the real punchline there when it feels like it's at a That's great though. I don't know, but I've never like I've never sat down and been like, this joke is here and here and here. I've never done that. Really? Or like the syllables? That's crazy. They're, they're like the most intricate I am is like the funniest word goes to the end. <laughs> <laughs> funniest word does go to the end. And then if they laugh early, you know what? Chop the end up. Yeah. <laughs> yep. You don't need it anymore. Yep. That yeah. happened. Where I have a joke right now where like, they're laughing at the setup. I don't care. <laughs> I had someone comment on one of my videos. I don't get why they're laughing. I'm like, I wasn't going to tell them to stop. You know, <laughs> like they laughed. I was going to let them laugh. You know what? I, yeah. I said this. I felt so bad. It was an audition show and like all these people's friends had bombed. Right. So I go on stage at one of the last spots and I just like, I said a joke. There was a little chuckle and I just waited. And then it just like swelled, you mm-hmm. know? So it's like now it's 200 people laughing. And then I said, yeah, see, guys, if you just wait, they laugh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, you can just wait. Yeah. You just wait. If you just stop, they're going to laugh. It's Probably. like, yeah, that that pause, the silence is really important for it, too. You know why? Because someone's going to have a weird laugh. Yeah. There's a 200 person <laughs> yeah, room. Yeah. There's one weird dude Always. with like a Santa Claus laugh or like maybe someone belches. And then you're good. Yep. And then there's something too where I, I realized like the crowd density is so important for that. If you have a really high density crowd, you can do those awkward things where you can just be silent and they'll start laughing because people are feeling the people next to them and everyone's kind of realizing how uncomfortable it is that they're all just yeah, sitting not there. Not just head you know? up hoarding us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's just like constantly hoarding. Yep. That's what it is. Yeah. That's what they go to comedy clubs for. <laughs> to get their horniness I out. see that Broadway and these creepy guys are like, you see me actually girls? You see me? I'm like, no. <laughs> are you out of your mind? <laughs> like, we stopped this like seven years ago, you know? Yeah. And uh, it was just, uh, I, I told this one guy, I'm like, well, you can refer to them as however you want. I'll see you next to a person and then you can call them a girl. You want to call them a girl? Misjudging them. I don't give a shit. So while seating people, they ask you sat next to yeah. girls. I'm like, that's really creepy. 
I'd be like, so what, you can talk and ruin the show? No. Yeah. I, <laughs> Go sit in the corner by yourself. <laughs> and it's worse if you don't talk, actually. And you just are creepy. That's way worse. You're just lurking there. What the fuck? Yeah. No lurking. <laughs> no lurking allowed. Oh, no, everyone's weird. I had a woman run up to me after a show, and she was, like, cool in the crowd. She was fine. She mm-hmm. was a good laugher and stuff. We had a good crowd work. But she bear hugs me and starts kissing me. I'm like, yeah, stop. Like, I stop it, you know? I don't stop. Whoa. Dude, you are you are so early in life and your comedy career to be having this shit happen to you. Stop touching me. <laughs> they touch me all the time. So what? many people touch me. Really? Me, yeah. I don't like it. Like, you get off stage, they see you, and then they just start touching you? Especially after the show. And it's not like the shoulder. It's like one guy palmed my head. He just went, Pshh. I was like, get off me. <laughs> <laughs> but you have security. It's helpful at Broadway. We wow. have some other clubs, but probably. I love the security guys. I'm friends with them. I need to be. <laughs> you need a shirt that says, that says, please do not touch me after the show. Yeah. Please do not touch. And then I have a joke about how I have abs. And then, like, so many people ask me to take my shirt off. And I'm like, that wasn't an invitation, you know? Like, <laughs> Wow. If I went up and I was like, I have boobs, no one's going to be like, you should show your boobs right this now. This is crazy, dude. One guy, oh, one guy at Broadway took his shirt off and had boobs. It was awesome. <laughs> he took his shirt off when you did your joke? No. No. He was on stage. He was okay. like a newer colleague. He took a class. He's like, I got something to show you guys. He took no. his shirt off and had boobs. It was awesome. Imagine that confidence. I don't know that. There's, I remember when I first started, there was a couple guys who would show up to open mics and take their shirt off. And it's like, everyone in the room would be like, what are you doing? Like, this is not, <laughs> this I'm is not necessary that. or as funny as you think it is. I'm going to go to a laughing Buddha mic and take my shirt off. Nice. What are they going to do? Get mad at me? They already hate me over there. <laughs> <laughs> they already have your like obscene amount of money for the open mic. I know. Well, no, they all like me. It's fun. Did you, uh, did you yell at them? I didn't yell at them. I just left them on red for like a couple of days by mistake. For what? I asked to do a show. They were like, great, let's figure out a date. And then I left them on red. <laughs> yeah, they're mad because you didn't do a bringer. <laughs> oh, it wasn't going to be a bringer. <laughs> I don't do bringers. Yeah, I good. Do that. My, I, my two rules I've been saying for years are no bringers, no Buddha. That's funny. <laughs> I still have a token. <laughs> I, um... Yeah, I don't do bringers. I'll bring people. I bring people all the time to Broadway. Right. And stand at New York. And those clubs, like, one great thing about club shows is when you bring people, they treat your people so well. Right, right, you know, right. Free drinks, free tickets. Like, really? Should, yeah. Are you, should, you just bringing, like, friends and stuff? Or are you just inviting, like, neighbors and people? Or Friends. Obviously, social media, they don't. Like, if someone comes to my social media, they pay. But, like, if they get a discount, they get mm-hmm. five bucks. Um, but if... Like, I brought my girlfriend mm-hmm. to stand up New York and Broadway, and they both, like, fully cop tickets, fully cop drinks. Nice. Yeah. That's sick. And I've also brought, like, groups of, like, six people and they're fully cop everything. Wow. At least the drinks. That's dope. Yeah. That's still amazing. It's really That's awesome. kind. And oh, yeah. That obviously, and I have good friends, so they tip mm-hmm. the server as well. So when did you kind of get into, 
like the clubs like Broadway. I'm guessing Broadway is your first club. Yeah. Most people's yeah. first. Yep. Uh, I got in. My industry room was May 22nd of like 2020 or 2021. Mm-hmm. And then I. Uh, Probably 2021 if I had to guess. Because May 20. 20- were we all dying? <laughs> May 2020 we were all locked inside. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> all is a strong word. I think. Yeah. The media portrayed all. <laughs> Dude, we were on a rooftop, Maxim. I June, we were on rooftop. Okay. <laughs> May remember. definitely inside. It's all mixed for me. So I, I was doing parks. So May um, 2021. Sure. I did the and then like that August, I was doing a private show there and then private bringer. And then someone saw that I was doing private bringer and was like, Hey, I interned at Broadway. Can you cover me tonight? And then mm. I just started covering for him. And then I got the job fully. So then I became an intern there. And then like after a year or so, they asked me to start hosting. And I still intern and do the door. Um, but mostly it's... Uh, That's sick. Know, other spots. And then I auditioned for Stand Up New York a year ago. They have a great audition process. It's yeah. like super simple. Is it a bringer? So or is it six some... person bringer. Okay. And then if you're in the top one or two at that show, uh, you get called to the second audition mm. then you do that that's like bottom breaker obviously and they fully comp all your friends tickets mm-hmm. which basically means that the first one wasn't a breaker if you move on because you can bring all those people back and get a free comedy show right so, right um and i brought like 15 people both times wow uh just because i i love bringing my, my friends and my family to shows mm-hmm. and like they always have a great time and uh that was a great, great show. Mm-hmm. We, the cool thing about that was most of us got passed on that oh, second show. Dope. It was like me, Ted Martin, Tobin Miller, Jamel Sirleaf, mm-hmm. uh, and then there were there was two audition dates back to back on like back to back weekends. So then the next one was like Vanessa Jackson, and it was just that group of us that went in and got passed. It's a really solid group of comics. Nice. It's a really good show. And then I um I'm doing Gotham now and I'm kinda of working my way into that, so I'm not past there yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's a great club. I'm not doing the bringer. Yeah. Uh, nice. Because that's a lot of people. That's how much how many is it? Ten. Ten. Insane. Insane. So many. Great club. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All the clubs are great. So All of them. You when you started stand up and like let's say twenty twenty 2019 and 2020 when you start getting outside and doing mics and stuff did you feel like initially like i want to do the specifically the comedy clubs or are you kind of figuring it out for a while or i think i always wanted to do clubs yeah because uh i i don't know i feel like that's uh those are always the consistently good shows for Mm -hmm. me um i don't the i love indie shows Mm -hmm. but there doesn't seem like much of a staircase mm-hmm. besides like creating your own that becomes big enough that it's practically a club where you're like producing once a week mm-hmm. and then it's like all right. so and then by that time club comics are on those shows right so it's like yeah i'll just go to the club that makes sense um the indie show staircase is just a staircase where the top of the stairs is just like a little bit of extra clout yeah <laughs> i don't uh when I don't, yeah, the, the clubs and then like the social media stuff. And the clubs like me, I think, more than mm-hmm. an indie show does. You, I'm getting better at them, but like. You have a very distinct like Manhattan club yeah, style of comedy. I do. Yeah. 
it's but it's shame. Cool. You haven't seen my set at one. Like it's been I, a minute. I saw you at the the cool karaoke bar show you had me on last year. The one that oh, that was awful. Oh, it was, it was not a good show, but I still had fun. I, I mean, the I bar had fun. Was cool. It was great to see you. It was good to see you too. Yeah, so uh, that was the last time I saw you. That sucked. I got fired from that. That's really? Yeah. Because it well, not, not enough a audience. Producer. Right. Like I don't know why anyone thinks I produce. I don't ever. I do spots like that. Yeah. I, I'm. I, I advertise the things that I think I'm good at, which is comedy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've never said, hey, I can produce your show, ever. I think certain people have like a gift for producing and everyone tries it. And I think it's just okay to admit if you're not, I'm not a good producer. I don't even I don't think it's a do it. gift. I think it's more like, do you care? Yeah, and I think there's some people who have more of a of like event planning production, like, like that feels more rewarding for them. Yeah. But also like a lot of us, we know it would be rewarding reward to put on a good event, but not being able to, like trying everything you know how to do and not having anything work out is like, all right, like I'm out. Well, I think the way I put it is like, I can bring 20, 25 people to any show, but I'll do that at Stand Up New York. Right, and then right, we'll right. get to see Osama Siddiqui, Aaron Berg, and myself, which is great. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. But it's like, why would I make them come to the basement of a karaoke bar? Like that, <laughs> ever. Yeah. yeah, I guess it makes sense. But it was great to see you. I feel like I would, uh, if I had a bunch of people who wanted to come see me, I would, de- I personally, like I'm not on clubs, but I would do a, I would definitely do an indie show of like a friend. Like if I know someone who has a good show that I really love, like ask for that because yeah. I'd be like, oh, this is the world that I exist in more. The funny thing is I see you like you so easily could be a club comic. <laughs> you and think? Like, yeah. And I'm like, I was telling Sai, I think I was telling my girlfriend, I was like, yeah, he's really funny. He can definitely do the clubs. Like, you, Well, I really appreciate that. Oh, easily. I mean, some of the people. Ugh. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> is it is it like, uh, you know, when you first start going to open mics and you start watching people and you go, I could do this. Like before you start stand up, is it like the same thing for clubs where you start seeing a lot of club comics and you go, okay, I could, I could be here. Well, it's like the most relieving thing is when like everyone's bombing and then one of your friends goes, and like maybe you don't know a lot of the comics, and then one of your friends goes up, you see some of their jokes that you know are like on par with your jokes mm-hmm. and those work. And you're like, oh, okay. Like mm. I can go up and this is fine. Because sometimes yeah. you don't know if it's the audience or the comics. If it's not comics, you know. And it's like, but I would say the the only club I've been to that I'm like, and it was a while ago that I'm like, I'm not even like I would be buried on this lineup is the cellar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like when I'm at a show, I was with a couple friends. We were on a show at Stand Up New York the other day, and it was us and then a bunch of Comedy Central guys. It was probably split even. Mm-hmm. Um, and none of us were buried. Like it wasn't, the level isn't that high. Like mm. there are really, really good people. And then there are people that are very good. But like the level isn't like, it's not, you can reach it. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. not like you're not looking at like something you're like, well, I could never get back. It's like, okay. I'm not there now, but okay. Like mm. it's not crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No one's like saying sentences with no punchline and then it's a killing. Like <laughs> they're all set up punchlines. Yeah, yeah. Everything is. It's the same format we do with the same language we do. You just get to do it a lot. 
You're convincing me. You're convincing me. <laughs> <laughs> like it's the same crap. It's the same topics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's the same emotions because like if you really think about it, the things the audience is connecting with isn't the material, it's the emotion. Mm-hmm. It's like the wrestling pedophile joke thing I have, which is like one of my least favorite jokes, but it's good for an eleven o'clock show. Is like no one not everyone can relate to your coach being a pedophile, but people can relate to like you wanting someone to wanna fuck you and they don't. <laughs> you know, like Yeah, yeah. Like that's I don't know. That's what people relate to, which is ironic because you know what's funny about that joke? Like the joke is that he was like sleeping with her, but he actually totally groomed me. Like he took me out to dinner and crap. It was great. <laughs> you ever you ever have like someone take like, I don't know if you've ever been groomed, but it's like, it's, it's good, but it's like also you don't want a cheap girl. Like he took me to McDonald's and I'm like, I know your group, but take me to a steak restaurant. You know what I mean? <laughs> Kids are easy. McDonald's good. Uh, yeah, no, it was. Oh, I've been, I've been trying to think of lately. I've been thinking of this premise. I'm. It's still very much in the alpha, like assembly stage. But in movies and TV shows, when people go on dates, they always go to like really fancy restaurants, right? They get dressed up. They go to a day in a fancy restaurant. Now that I'm in like a long-term relationship, I feel like the places we want to eat are like never fancy restaurants. Really? It's I always like it's always like something really good that feels more like local and like small. I don't know. I feel like fancy restaurants Why? a lot of times like you're paying for the ambiance. Yes. And it's also like couples like at a certain point, getting food together is just kind of a thing that happens. It's not like a dressed up thing. I don't know. Yeah, I try it. Me and my girlfriend do weekly dates. Nice. So it's like the rest of the week, we can just do nothing. That's right, fine. right. You get pizza. But that once, and it's not always food. But yeah. also, here's the thing like you say that about the local, it's, we're in New York. So like local restaurants with good food, you're still going to hit 150. Like you're still gonna hit a hundred dollars. Like you are. Uh depending. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I went I went to a local restaurant last week. It was two fifteen. I was like What? All right. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> Good food though. Wow. Yeah, do we do the um we do weekly date day yeah. as well. Lately we've just been climbing together on Sundays and we're gonna start changing it up and going other stuff. But I like doing I like doing things like i like, oh like let's go to this park, let's yeah. go to Roosevelt Island, let's go to a museum, let's do some activity. Yeah. And then we'll just figure out some food there at a spot we already like or whatever. I don't know. Yeah, usually we split it. It's like once a month we'll do a fancy date and then or not, but like a dinner date. Yeah, yeah. The other three are activities, which I think are fun. We did archery. That was really cool. Whoa, yeah. that's a good one. <laughs> it was fun. I uh, we've done a couple other really cool things. But yeah, the uh, the other thing is like uh, I the other part half of this joke is. Uh, at, oh, in movies, you see the couple that are always having like a dinner conversation. They're always talking about stuff. And I think what they get wrong is there's no conversation. What we do when we go out to eat is we just sit there eating in silence and we tune in to whatever is the most annoying conversation yeah. we can hear. And then when that table leaves, we talk shit about that. That's them. great. That's really <laughs> funny. I like that. But yeah. So I don't know. That's a good promise. There's um. Something, something there. I don't know. I gotta figure the it out. The hard part, the hard part about that joke is gonna have people not realizing what you're talking about until the punchline. Yeah, because yeah. people are gonna like. I started, and I'm a comic, so I have a little bit of a head start. But like, I started to get it, but like, 
Yeah, the, the Once first... Once you started talking about listening to people, I was like, oh. The first half is the piece that's like, I need to like form into something. The second half is the piece that's like, that's together-ish, yeah. you know? But there's something about, something about fancy restaurants and movies where I'm like, who does this? I don't know. I, if someone came to New York City and was like, I want to eat some of the best food you've ever had, it would never be a fancy restaurant. It would always be like small places in Chinatown for the most part. That's fine. <laughs> yes. I don't know. I've been thinking about this bit. I don't even know if it's real. I need. I need to think. I need to figure out if it's true or not. Mm -hmm. But I feel like people who get offended by things, that is almost validating that the thing is somewhat true. Like if you say something really offensive, if you say like like Mexican people are short, people are gonna be like, "Whoa, that's not cool," you know. Mm -hmm. But if you go like, "All Mexican people are fat," no one gives a shit. And it's like, why is all Mexican people are short offensive? All Mexican people are fat, not offensive. Hmm. You know what I mean? I see what you're saying. Yeah, there's kind like of there's like there's some a, validation of the thing when you yeah. say, "Oh, that's offensive." That's kind of like a very mathematical joke in a way. It's yes. very like logical steps. Like this is like both these things are almost identical, but this little piece. Yeah. Has why like are a you offended bit, by this thing? Yeah. What is it about it? It's like it's like when you it's like one of them is hyperbolic, and then the other one feels closer to like a real true right. thing you're saying about something yeah so i've been thinking about that concept and i need to think if it's true or not yeah that's a tough one i think i think you just i think what you do is you pitch that hypothesis you start with something insane and you just start whittling it down and getting more and more real but yeah. still ridiculous and then finding the line where people are upset and you're like well you weren't upset this step and this is only like Right. It's a paradox. It's like yeah. if I take one hair off my head, am I bald? No. If I take one more head off my hair or hair off my head, am I bald? Yeah. No. Like and then a certain point, which is indistinguishable, you'd be like, yeah, he's bald. Right. But it wasn't the first hair and it wasn't the 10,000th hair. But at yeah. some point, I don't know. Kind of like that. There's something, there's, a, there's an offensive thing. The line which something is offensive is paradoxical because if you say something, there's like, ridiculous and there's truth and offensive is somewhere in between which means that you're getting closer to truth when it's more offensive but the, if it is truth then it might not be offensive at all it's it's like it's like a certain there's like a it's like a certain departure it's somewhere in the middle right but it's like i feel like it's closer to the truth side or yeah. no not in terms of what is actually true but what a person thinks is true yeah yeah yeah, yeah. like Somebody who understands that Mexican people aren't short aren't going to be offended by that. Probably. Like, Mexican people aren't going to be offended by that. It's people who try to defend the minority group. I also think uh, if you pitch, if you do the joke, I would pull race out of it. <laughs> well, I'd pull I, the hot issues out of it. Well, no, it has to be a hot issue, Max, because it is you're offensive. a club comic in Manhattan. <laughs> no, it needs to be offensive. Like, like it's going, It's if I'm going to say something offensive, I'm not going to be like, well, I'm not going to talk about that. I feel like uh, if you're going to do it, you got to do, do something about uh, your coach being a pedophile. <laughs> yeah, baby. All coaches are pedophiles. And then you could be like, if you're a coach, you're likely to be a pedophile. You could, I don't know. Yeah. Make it more personal. I guess I can make it personal. Especially if you're doing something where you're, you're like, I feel like there's, we're, we're on a very specific thing that's going to be very interesting to, to try to describe in 10 seconds with a laugh at the end. <laughs> oh, I can do it. You can definitely I do it. I can challenge myself at this point. 
<laughs> Anyone can make a joke about anal. Breaking news, Mac O'Hara banned from all clubs. <laughs> 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 Trying to do weird race math. <laughs> race math? Uh, well, that is going to be the name of my third special. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, it, it is interesting. It's really fascinating talking to you because I haven't I haven't talked to someone who's analyzed the joke structure this thoroughly. And uh-huh. I think part of that, do you feel like you were doing that before you got into doing shows and clubs regularly? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when I started mics, I was like analyzing the last per minute every set, which is depressing because wow. I was like, I got 0. 0.7 last minute. <laughs> <And 7. laughs> Terrible KD ratio. Yeah. Uh, but then once I... Um, yeah, once I thought I kind of stopped doing that because I was like, all right, I just can't get up. Yeah, and it's like none of that material matters. You're just teaching yourself how to write and get yeah. on stage. And I also do think that mics make you a little worse of a comic. But then, like, mm-hmm. once I got on um, doing shows and stuff and understanding what sounds good, and then combining that with the analytical stuff, it's yeah. There's something about like. Uh, being a comic who doesn't get on shows and only doing mics and being bad and getting like like plateauing or getting slowly worse and not being able to get on shows because you don't get on shows. But once you get on shows and you start you start realizing how much better it is, then you start getting on other shows. But like there's a weird like tipping point from I'm a mic comic to I'm a show comic type deal. Yeah, know. and it's also... One thing I found, I was talking to uh, another comic about this on his podcast. He was like, I feel like people who get four years in just like stop all of a sudden. And I was like, huh, I wonder why that is. And I think it's because once you get four years in, you start to get shows. Yeah. And then once you get shows, you don't want to do new material. You don't want to bomb anymore. And it's like, I force myself to bomb. It's like, mm-hmm. I want to bomb because it's going to make me better. Mm-hmm. Because I bobbed at open mics. And then I stopped bobbing at open mics, so I went to shows. But then I was bobbing on the shows. So it's like, now I need to learn how to bob on the shows. Because yeah. I'm not doing mics. So I have to force myself yeah. to be like, all right, you're doing four minutes of new material. And it's probably not all going to go great. Yeah. And pull yourself out of it. There, I remember feeling this like when I first started, when I started doing mics, I would feel really bad when I bombed a mic. Right. And then after a while, I was like, I don't give a fuck. I will bomb a mic so hard. And then after I'll be like, eh, whatever. But then when I started getting on shows, when I would bomb shows, then I'd be like, oh, this is devastating. But at a certain point, bombing a show is just another thing you do, you know? But it's also being on enough shows where that line can like flatten out. Yeah. And then once you you get to a certain point, you're not going to like bomb. Yeah, exactly. Like, Like, you might not do great. But you're not gonna get no laugh. You're you're gonna you're gonna do well probably. Yeah, I had a rough one a couple weeks ago. I did a show where the bar show and everyone was kind of sitting in random places except for the table right next to the stage. And it was three people who had just been drunk for hours there who just kept ordering drinks. And they were doing that thing where they were just interrupting every setup of every joke with like a question. Oh, you that's know, hilarious. It's the worst. And that's so funny. It's fucking terrible and I was like I was I went bullet and I was like okay well I'm gonna address it I'm not gonna do my jokes I'm gonna try to straighten this room out I did crowd work with these people but they were drunk enough where everything was just kind of a mess and then I got the light and I was like I spent like eight minutes up here and basically didn't even get to tell one real joke because they were interrupting then when I tried to go to them to get like crowd work to get some laughs out of that 
all it was was just them being like the worst people to talk to. Oh, that sucks. I did a, a bar show in PA mm-hmm. that was kind of like, well, I don't know. It was just, I don't know if they were bad comics or bad crap, but it was, it was, <laughs> it was rough. I did all right because I went later and like mm-hmm. they were kind of warmed up by the time I went up. But it was, there was this one woman who was an asshole before the thing. And she was just like, like yelling, not yelling, but like talking about how bad New York was. Mm-hmm. And like, okay, you're in Easton. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, whatever. So nothing wrong with Easton. I'm just saying it's not here. Yeah. And like, so she was talking about how bad New York was. And it's like, then she goes on stage. And the producer was also the host. And she goes on stage and she's just bombing. Talk about last per minute. It's like one laugh. But it's also like one punchline a minute. Yeah, like you're not bombing on the punchlines. You're just not writing well. Yeah, you know. And the producer came up. He he hadn't talked to me for like forty minutes, and he uh, he came up behind me. It's a lot of words. <laughs> you <laughs> <sound> like, <laughs> I was like, yeah, it is. It's a lot yeah, of words. There's I there was a while where I was noticing that uh, there's a a few quite a few L.A. comics I'd seen on shows who were like that who would who do the 45 seconds of setup, one punchline, next joke like uh, that. I'd be like, holy shit, like this person came here to do this. It's eight jokes. Yeah. Or what? roast battles when people like write a fucking paragraph for every roast joke. I'm like, we're I, letting them do this? I was on a roast the other day and really nice guy that I was roasting, but like my jokes were taken five seconds. Mm-hmm. And one bob, they were good, you know. Yeah. They were fine, but they weren't like. But he took like thirty seconds. I kept like going to my next show because I thought that was it, and then he just kept saying more crap. And I'm like, what? What is going yeah. on? We ended up only being able to do four jokes because it was just taking so long, and I was like, I I just don't even. Ugh. It was frustrating. I kept looking at the house like this is ridiculous. Yeah, you do a lot of roasts, right? I not a lot. I've done no? a few. I want to do more though. I feel like you're on a roast almost every time I do one. Uh, or you're at least there at the, Grove Thirty Four. Uh, depending. Huh? I did the last one I did was I roasted Karthik Raj. Okay. Was, was that the night that you roasted Belton? No, I was. Yes, it was. Yeah. Okay. Because you guys, you guys had the roast of the night. Oh, like, thank you. Both of you guys like squared up, and both of you had just every single joke murdered. It was so, so good. That. You, I will never forget you being like, "I'm only gonna say nice things about Belton tonight." Uh, Belton has Belton's never sexually assaulted anyone, <laughs> right? Right. Uh, he hesitated. <laughs> I just want to point here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But that was so funny because none of us. I didn't. Ex- I didn't know what what you were gonna what yeah. the roast is gonna be, and you being like, you never done that, right? <laughs> that was awesome. Uh, that was funny. I'm actually doing a Star Wars roast battle next month. I'm stoked. Fine. What character are you? Luke. You're I'm Luke. Roasting Leia, which is gonna be weird because it's like I can't talk about family crap. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm like, oh, all right, it's fine. Do they have any like off cousins that aren't the same? No, right? Because they're like. Twins, yeah. It's just them two. It's all right. <laughs> I'm rewatching this. I'm trying to convince my girlfriend to watch all the Star Wars movies. Mm-hmm. I've made it. We've gotten 20 minutes into a new hope. We're going slow, but wow, I'm trying. That's really slow. I think I can get her 
to watch the original three, the prequel, and the new Ben Solo TV show. I think I can get those. We all need to watch the newest three. We all need to watch the Clone Wars. I or any. We all need to watch Solo. We all need to watch any. I mean, Rogue One is the best Star Wars, but we all I, need to watch that. But I am so glad you three. said that because people get mad at me when I say oh, Rogue One the is the best Star Wars, Wars movie ever made because it's like yeah. it actually makes you feel something like it's because you understand that they're all gonna die. Yeah, and they do all die. Yeah. And I don't know. There were, when uh, I watched Rogue awesome. One, I was like, like Star Wars can be good. Yeah. <laughs> that was great. I would go I would go original three, like original three, and then maybe season one of The Mandalorian, just for the vibes. And I then, only saw the first episode. Only okay. This is the first season, really good. I haven't watched in a while, so I don't know what's up this lately, yeah. but they really captured that like original series western in space feel oh fun. So. I, I mean the obi-wan series was my favorite there was a there was when that was being released i would do this thing where i would i would save that day and then i'd uh i'd make myself a white russian and sit down and watch it and have nice. a panic attack because <laughs> i wasn't doing well mentally and uh, <laughs> and uh, watch it, but then by the end of the show, by the end of the first season, which I think they're only making one season, I uh, like last two episodes, no panic attack. Nice. So that was nice. I'm doing better. <laughs> I think that that like weekly, like the show to look forward to is like that's such a nice thing. Yeah, you know. Well, I like that HBO does that too. Mm-hmm. It's only Netflix that doesn't really do that. Yeah, the um, I mean, Netflix I think is learning better that they need to release like weekly episodes instead of just dumping a season because everyone will binge a season talk about it and then be done yeah no i hbo was i i watched the weirdest shows i watched veep that was good i've been meaning to get around to that one i've heard good things i have an anime review podcast so i watch do you anime every week oh yeah i'm not gonna be on that one no definitely not it's very specific (laughs) i uh I watched some, my girlfriend's a fan this week. We exchanged. I'll show mm. her Star Wars and she'll show me cartoon. Yeah, <laughs> Sorry, I get attached now. <laughs> no, I think the uh, I don't think Lee's seen Star Wars either. But I'm also like as someone who used to love Star Wars and then just kind of grew out of it. I'm like, it's oh, fine. did you? Oh, I love Star. Wars. I play all the video games. I'm... Big fan. Big fan of Star Wars. I like. I don't know. I I used to be like. I think probably till I was like like college age and I started I I think what did it I think the sequels kind of killed it for me and then the Mandalorian and Rogue One kind of brought it back and then I just kind of lost steam I was like that's fine yeah I uh Disney is really I mean that's how I got about all the superhero stuff Mm -hmm. I just can't keep up man the I was a big Marvel fan until Avengers Endgame and when when that kind of finished everything since then has kind of felt like what are we doing here? Well, yeah, I mean, I liked, uh, I watched uh, the Loki show. Mm-hmm. That was I, pretty good. I watched Moon Knight because Egyptian people okay. want to be supportive. <laughs> um, and then that was pretty much it. Yeah. I, I'm, I watched all the first of all the superheroes. Like, I watched first Iron Man, the first Thor, the first Captain America. Mm-hmm. First Avengers. Here's the here's the deal. None of the none of those mo- none of the superhero movies are that worth watching by themselves. But it's like 
it's like when the knot comes together, like mainly in the later Captain America movies and the Avengers movies. That's when like all the pieces come together and they're like, oh, so this kind of was worth it. Yeah, that's know? how I feel about my comedy set. You don't, <laughs> <laughs> you don't need to watch like a minute individually, but once you see the whole 15, I think you'll be yeah, happy. Yeah, yeah, You actually got to go see Mac at Broadway you Comedy should. Club every night for a year. And then you'll be like, this guy's CCU, his comedy cinematic universe is insane. It's wild. <laughs> actually, go go see me at Basement Bar Shows. I felt like such a dick. I, I didn't realize that people like, follow me on social media like it just had a register mm-hmm. and then so i was hosting this bar show i was like angry at the audience because sometimes <laughs> i just get angry i've told you this and <laughs> so i was yelling at him not like really yeah yeah not yeah, like yeah. what i did the other night and telling him he looked like he roofied himself but like just normal yelling mm-hmm. and um do you ever yell at an audience not anymore oh. no actually probably never at this point because I don't want to fuck up the vibes for the rest of the show. Oh, because you mostly host. Well, I, yeah, I host a lot, but like, even if I was in the middle, it takes a lot for me to be like mad, mad, and I'm, I'm more mad at people when I'm off stage and someone's heckling. Like, I, I want, I always ask before I intervene, but I'm the type of person who would like tell someone to leave if they're being a problem. Oh, but if I'm off stage, wow. not if I'm on stage. Yeah, I. Um, so you're I, yelling at your fans. Yeah, I was yelling at him, and then well, I didn't realize they were my fans, and then I was like, "How, you know, how the fuck did you hear about the show?" And he's like, oh, "I saw it on your website." And I was like, "Oh, hey, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm a, I'm an asshole." <laughs> You're like, "Actually, I love you." I'm sorry, I yelled. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's sick, though. I know. I was like, that made me feel so good, it's so bad. <laughs> I lost my one fan. <laughs> Dude, getting getting comedy fans—that's real. That's dope. It's fun. It's uh. I, I'm getting better at like interacting with people and taking photos with them because it's like I sucked in the beginning. Mm. And I, I remember one time, so I, I, someone came up to me and they were like, famous? And I ran away. I said, no. And I just went, <laughs> <laughs> I ran home. Whoa. I like that. Uh, no, but I'm getting better and what I like talking now? to people now. And I'm like, what? What are you doing now? What's your strategy? Uh, just like famous. Be, yeah, what are you doing? Hey, it's great to meet you. What's your name? You ask a lot of questions because people like to talk about themselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you just be like, are you, are you visiting? How long are you here? What? How long is the flight? You know, what's your girlfriend's name? And then it's like, they're like, oh, great to meet you. Yeah. And then, uh, it's cool. It's really awkward because I clean the tables at Broadway and then people come up to me for photos and I'm like, <laughs> taking, I have gloves on. I'm like, yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's really weird. I think there's something that like a lot of people we know are starting to like ease into when people get recognized. It's like no one plans to for how to have a strategy to talk to people when they recognize you. But you got to have something. Oh, you got to have something. Because I've seen some very awkward interactions with people getting recognized. Oh, really? But I think asking them questions, that's a really smart idea. Because people are... They don't you, like. They don't have anything that they want to. They don't know how. If they've followed you online or they've watched you, right. you don't know them at all. They know a little bit about you, but they don't. Like, there's not really. Like, you can't just be like, "Oh, nice to meet you." <laughs> you know, just right. nod. You know what I love when people are just like, "Hey, I love your comedy." I can say thanks and move on. Yeah, yeah. that's my favorite. Um, it happened one time. I went before I started dating my girlfriend but it was our it was our second date I think we were on the subway and someone came up to me mm-hmm. it was like hey I saw you at Broadway you're really funny and I was super awkward because like I gotta 
I don't know. It was weird. <laughs> I was like, I'm on a date. <laughs> you mean that's awesome? Oh, no, it really helped. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it really helped. Uh, yeah, she's my girlfriend now. So that Hell I yeah. think that's why. It actually, the scales. <laughs> that's the only reason. Dude, uh, Lee gets recognized occasionally for yeah. comedy shows. But also, Lee is the type of person that you could point her out in a crowd of a thousand people like instantly. Like, I've never been recognized. Really? Yeah, no. I've done lots of shows, but no one's ever been like, oh, hey, you did that one show and you were really funny. Oh. No one's ever come up to me, but sometimes people, like, occasionally people will come up to me like, oh my God, I saw you on this thing. And I'm like, well, that's damn. so fun, isn't it? <laughs> I, uh, it's got to like once every week so far. Whoa. That's a little much. Nice. Like but you're grinding out those club spots, so those tourists. And the clips. And the clips, yeah. I've been doing the clips. How's that process going? It's good. I uh, I currently have all my clips edited till May, the end of May. Are you doing weekly or daily? or? So what I've told myself, because I used to get burnt out, what I told myself is I plan out for every five days. Because what I did was I looked at a bunch of people um, like that, like Jamie Wolf and, and Troy Pond and stuff. They have been successful. And I looked at like what they were doing at the beginning in terms of the release mm-hmm. schedule. And um, usually it's five every five days, mm. not five every, but every five days. And then after that, if a clip does really well, they'll add on to that like after two days. So like it, it oh. is every five days, but if something does well, it's every two days. So I was like, perfect, I'll do that. So I scheduled it out till May because I previously had gotten some social media following, but I burnt out. So and I didn't really like my following because there were. It was more one-liners, and I didn't really do those anymore. Yeah, yeah. So it's like they were just looking for that, and that wasn't any of my other videos. They mm-hmm. like. So what I uh, I said, great. So like two weeks ago, I posted a video. I got 2,000 views. I'm like, that's great. That's perfect. It's not too much because I call myself after 10,000, I'll post every two. But then like the past three videos have been 10,000. Yeah. So I'm like, now now I don't have till May. Now I have yeah. till like a week from now. And then I'm... That's a lot of work, too. Ugh. It's great. I'm grateful. <laughs> yeah. It's funny because it's like uh, they, the comedians of old didn't have to do this. And then we're like, we're coming into a time where it's like, oh, doing the spots. Amazing. Being funny. Awesome. Doing the dream. Great. Oh, by the way, market yourself. <laughs> well, it's just annoying. Because... It's just it's annoying because it's like you have to um, you just have to keep. Going and then it's like I was talking to my therapist and I was complaining. I was like, "Yeah, man, it's all these shows. And it's like I have to write every day and I have to do social media editing and I have to send you out know, emails so I get booked." He's like, "What are you complaining about?" Yeah, you're like, doing the, you're doing the thing like, you wanted I'm to do. Like such an asshole, being like, "Yeah, just too many views." And yeah. It's like <laughs> shut the fuck up, like, right? You're being a piece of shit. I know. I'm like and some some weeks I get stressed out. I'm like, "Oh man, I gotta watch the episode this week and make notes on it." And I'm like, I literally have people paying for my anime podcast. Yeah. Like, I have a Patreon. This is great. I make money from this. What am I, t- what am I, I doing? <laughs> Why do we feel so... I don't know. I gotta be... I gotta, I'm working on being more grateful mm-hmm. and being more proud of myself. Those are two things I'm working on because I'll like get past in a club and I won't even feel anything. And like, that's just depressing. <laughs> I, I did a set the other day and it was like, it was the worst show. Everyone was like bobbing mm-hmm. and uh, I go up and I do really well for 10 minutes and I like didn't feel anything when I said goodbye. So I was just like, all right, I'll see you guys later. And like yeah. went home and I'm like, 
this is awful. This yeah, is just, keep, keep an eye on that, or you're going to get like a gambling addiction or something. My passion is ruined. I swear to God, I can't feel anything. Like what? So I took a week off, and I'm feeling better. Nice. Yeah. I think it's it's good to have boundaries with stuff. Yeah. You know, you it'd be hard. It's hard to do something every day for years and years and years nonstop and still get the same enjoyment from it. So. I don't even need the same. I just need like a quarter. Mm. But that was none. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was, all right, what's the next show? Yeah. Or like, all right, that bit worked. I'm glad. Let's move forward. And it's mm -hmm. like, can't feel that much like a job, right? Yeah. Maybe it's time for like a side passion project where you can just do something that's like, yeah. not that I'm not good enough at this yet mm -hmm. to have a side hobby mm. like once this gets to be a full time thing mm -hmm. then I think alright I can have a hobby but I don't think I'm good enough to like wow like two hobbies and job dog I got so many hobbies you have a lot of hobbies yeah dude that's good I'm a hobby guy I don't good know I just but also I'm like uh, I'm kind of in it for the long game I'm not putting a ton of pressure on my stand up or podcasting I just kind of weekly cultivate make sure oh, i'm always working that's on so stuff. healthy that's i'm very good. chill about it but yeah i think what you're doing is like you're fucking funny you're the one who's oh, passed at clubs and stuff so <laughs> i know but but i don't enjoy it so which is better dude you got like you're 22 like you got tons of time to figure out all the other pieces oh like, it's gonna be great dude I if i did fun. comedy at 22 i would have quit immediately really yeah dude i like I don't even know what I would want to say. I'd be like all embarrassed and weird and stuff. And I don't know. I started at 24 and that felt like, okay, I think I'm figuring myself out. But That's good. 24 is a good time to start. But you got a head start. Yeah. I mean, it's going well. I, I think that... Uh, By the I time you get your it. frontal lobe, you'll be like a club feature club headliner. Isn't that wild? They shouldn't even be letting me have a microphone. <laughs> like I should not be allowed on a stage. Yeah, right. <laughs> your brain isn't even done forming. No. And like when you hit twenty six, it just it feels like your whole brain, your whole body just takes a deep breath, and you're like, oh, nice. Does it really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. When people are like, oh yeah, your brain stops, like is fully developed at that age. I thought that was horse shit, and they were just saying that. And then when it happened, I was like, yo. <laughs> <laughs> There's a tangible difference here. <laughs> That's cool. Well, I'm looking forward to that. Hopefully, I'll, yeah, you can be excited about that. You can get on stage, and be like my frontal lobe, guys, and then you'll feel something again. I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Well, it's, I'm, I'm, I am feeling things now. That's good. Yeah, <laughs> yelling at the audience is helping. <laughs> so know this: if you're on stage or if you're in the audience while I'm on stage and you heckle me and I get to yell at you, you are making me feel. Yeah. Yeah. I would. I don't know. Hecklers. I'm, I'm like mixed on them. Sometimes I'm fine with it. I'm like, this is a fine heckle, but there's certain people that just get it totally wrong. You know, the, I feel like the people who heckle as soon as you start telling a joke, those people can go fuck themselves. Well, I uh, I haven't had like a heckle heckle. Mm. Like no one's told me to go fuck myself or like that I suck. Right, right, right. I just had drunk people that are loud. And they're like, I'm trying to help. I'm helping. Yeah, yeah. it's like, honestly, I didn't want to do that joke either. <laughs> so thank you. And now yeah. let's talk about your life. I said that. I was like asking this guy a bunch of questions and the crowd work wasn't working. And I said, right, look, I'm sorry, guys. I just wanted you to say something really clever so that I could go viral and I didn't have to do my material anymore. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. Yeah, yeah, it's all fun. 
All right. It well, good. we're down to the last little bit here. Awesome. It's been great having you on here. Thanks for having me. Catching up. I'm glad yeah. you're killing it out there. I'm trying, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you, uh, hope you uh, enjoy yourself and take a break where needed. I will. But, I'm going to take a rest. I'm going to go home and, and, you know, have some tea with vodka in it. But, nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> have a panic attack. <laughs> yep. You got it. So, Mac, uh, final question. Sure. What do you love about stand-up comedy? Oh, I think it's just like it's such an intimate experience with the audience and you and you're able to like alleviate people from the stresses of the world because it's such like an intense world out there and people have so many bad things going on mm -hmm. that to be able to like make them forget for a second. <laughs> they go to a room where you are also yelling at them. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, you know what? You don't think about your mom dying when I'm yelling at you. I promise. It is $40 well spent. <laughs> but that's what I think I love about it. Just alleviating that stress for people. Awesome. Well, yeah. it was great having you on. Thank Thanks you so much for doing the podcast. It's so fun. Where can the people find you? Um, O'Hara underscore Mac on TikTok and Instagram. And then I'm on a Hulu show called The Come Up. Ooh. That you can watch, which is great. Guys, go catch them everywhere. Didn't know about the Hulu show. That's yeah, dope. Really. Thanks. Go follow Mac. Go ah. like his clips. Go to his show. If you talk during his set, he will yell at you. It'll be so fun, guys. <laughs> <It'll> be fun. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Awesome. And I'll see you guys next week. Bye.